The Gemara in Megillah tells us, Vatomer Esther, Ish, Tsar, Veoyev, Haman, Hara, Hazeh. And Esther said, An adversary and an enemy, this evil Haman. Amar Rabbi Elazar, Melamed, Shehaisam, Ahavek, Klape, Achashverosh, Uva Malach, Vesatar, Yada, Klape, Haman. Rabbi Elazar said, This teaches that she was pointing to Achashverosh until an angel came and pushed her hand toward Haman. Queen Esther had just made her pleading request of the king, Spare my life and the life of my people. We have been sold out for destruction. The king demands to know, Who is this villain who would dare do such a thing? Is it not obvious that the person to point to is Haman HaRasha? Esther needs an angel to push her hand toward the right villain? How could Esther have been pointing to Ahasuerus? Granted, he may have concurred with the evil scheme, but isn't he the one from whom she is seeking mercy? What does she think he is going to do, punish himself? What is this Gemara saying? Let us go back to the Pasuk in which Esther pleads her case. For I and my people have been sold out for destruction. Had it been merely for slavery that we had been sold, I would not be pleading. For the adversary is not considering the value of the king's damage. Rashi says what she was saying was this, This wicked scoundrel is not thinking about your interests. Had he been, he would have advised you to sell the people as slaves. Then your treasury would have benefited, or you could have kept them and all their future offspring as your own personal slaves. While Esther seems to be pleading for herself, what she is really doing, according to Rashi, is actually pointing out to the king how bad a deal this is for him. Look at this character. He wants to deprive you of your beloved wife, as he did once before. He wants to deny you your legitimate prophet. Act not for me. Act in your own self-interest and put a stop to this decree. At this point, Esther is clearly thinking of Haman, as she rightly should, and she has dropped enough hints that it should be obvious to Ahasuerosh who she has in mind. She figures she has said enough to make him burn with anger and turn on Haman. But then Ahasuerosh does something inexplicable. He plays dumb. Mihuze ve'ezehu, a little wordplay, as if to say, really, now who could we be talking about? He knows full well who it is, and now he knows how injurious this prime minister of his is being. But instead of acting firmly and decisively in his own interest, the king goes into denial. This infuriates Esther. You know how harmful this whole setup is to you, and yet you are so fearful and spineless that you're going to play dumb you know who the real criminal here is? You. You have the power and you won't even use it to protect yourself, your own money, your own wife. You are the Ish Tsar Vachashverosh. You coward, you weakling. And she starts to point at him. That's when the Malach steps in. Whoa, sister. Cool it off. You can't attack denial head on. The way to deal with denial is to play into it, not oppose it. 
If he's too weak to stand up to his adversary, he's going to be too weak to admit he's the problem. We're going to have to go it through Haman. And the Malach pushes her hand toward Haman. Chazal tell us that in his great kindness, Hashem provides us with enemies that reflect the precise flaws that we ourselves possess. By studying their weaknesses, we learn to confront our own. The real lesson of this passage in the Megillah is that the ultimate enemy is us. Adhering to the Dvar Hashem is within our power, and it is in our highest interest. How criminal is our behavior when we refuse to act to protect our own dearest things of value. We must profess our beliefs and support and act upon them with backbone. Rabbi Chaim Goldberger, Knesset Israel Congregation, Minneapolis, Minnesota.